It was a close one. Are we on? Welcome, 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 welcome. We are on? We are on. Welcome back. Thank you. Wow, look at this turtle shell that you're wearing. Oh, it's yeah, kind of man. a soft shell. Yeah, the Home Depot security <laughs> belt. It's a little more high tech in the back, but uh, it's pretty freaking annoying, actually. And I've got two more months, two more months and one week to go in this freaking thing, but uh, beats the alternative. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So, uh, you know, I'm walking. I mean, I'm doing way better than they thought I would be. And uh, also, um, I don't know how to put this show on live on my phone. <laughs> It's okay. You don't uh, have your glasses on either, so no, I don't. You can't I'll see have to it. Figure it out when we get a break. But uh, all right, no. officially. So welcome back, Happy New Year. Yeah, this is our second podcast of this year, right, Jesse? Yeah. Um, we're survived. We have Paul, Jesse, Doug, Chris. Um, we're missing Karen today. She's at home working. She's uh, growling. Growling. Girl. <laughs> she's so busy, man. She she's probably at home plotting a plan to blow me up, but. Uh, kick in the butt yeah hurt. so we're back man new studio so we're in a new a new studio for the first time new location uh, new location new studio um we're getting off a little late tonight chris had some secret squirrel stuff he had to do so uh that's acceptable and i apologize i'm a little dressed up you I'm are a little fancy but fancy I, i'm okay pants. with it because i know what you're doing <laughs> and I'm, it's brightened my day it's, it's good stuff right yeah so um Anyway, let's uh, let's dive into it. We got to, uh, you know, uh, do your thing. Paul from the Dirty Ore, he brought us a wonderful colored, deep, dark, delicious brew from the Dirty Ore right there in Cocoa. We're a little far from Cocoa right now, but it's okay because you brought home to us. So we're happy with that. So tell us what we got. Yeah, I got it There's tight. a little technical difficulties. We're trying to work there into the go. new studio, so... We'll, we'll figure it out. All right. Uh, this is a beer that was released actually oh three months ago, okay. um, just in a small quantity. It's a it's a imperial chocolate stout called Registered Complaint. Registered and Complaint. And what we're drinking tonight is that same beer that was barrel aged for the last oh I guess three months mm-hmm. um, in a uh, Knob Creek, fourteen year single reserve bourbon barrel. And I know that we're in the area that you can find the Knob Creek bourbon um, that came out of that barrel yes. very yes. closely. So yes. if you're in and around this area, there's a there's a little bar. Send us a a, um, a bar in a package store yeah. Um, yeah. that you can stop by. If you send us a message, we'll tell you where that's at. And uh, good people over there. Yeah. Good friends. Great friends. Yeah. Was kind enough to give us the barrel once he was finished with it. How did um, how the New Year... How has the new year been over at the Dirty Orb? Oh, it's been fantastic. Yeah, and just having a great time. Um, you know, we started the year with a 5K and uh, just gone on from there. We, we've watched just celebrate the America's Top Dog, the Cocoa Police yes. Department canine handler team yeah. that won America's Top Dog on yeah. um, the new uh, live PD version of what's the best canine. So it's great to know that we not only have the finest police department in all of the land, um, <laughs> but we do have the finest dirty ore in all of the land yes. too that supports you. And we're so yes. thankful for everybody over there, the dirty ore and what no, you we do. We appreciate for us. you guys. And we look forward to continuing our, our partnership through this year, 2020. The Roaring Twenties are back. Yeah. Uh, we didn't get it way back in the 1900s, but we're definitely going to get it right yes. here in 2000. So we look forward to all the good things that come. What's the, uh, what are the specs on the beer? Uh, it's a 10.5% ABV. Um, you know, so drink it slowly. Uh, we serve it in a snifter, so we're trying to save you from yourself. All right, right. Um, but um, it's just absolutely delicious. Awesome. Um, you know, someone, um, Doug said it way back when, when we first started, um, especially the whole premise of the show, not everybody has a problem with alcohol. And actually, if you go to the Dirty Ore, it's a great atmosphere anyway. So you can come, you could stop by. They always have a food truck. Yeah. Um, you know, you can get water. Water's free there. So, yeah, yeah. Um, family friendly, pet friendly all the time. Absolutely. Um, you know, it's a very common question. People call in and want to know, hey, you know, I could bring my kids here. I'm like, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, we have things for the kids to do, you know, games outside, board games inside. Uh, just, you know, trying to keep it family friendly. So, if they're coming through the great city of Cocoa right here in Florida, what is the address that we can find you at the Dirty War? Yeah, we're at 329 King Street. Um, just about a block east of US-1, uh, right next to Norman's. 
US one. You can take your trip all the way from Maine down US one, yep. take the scenic route yep. and just one block. Yep. Turn <clears> left <throat> and hit the dirty or on your way south. That's it. There's no other place to go <laughs> as far as I as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. So thank you. Thank you again for all that Thanks, you do. Thanks guys. Thanks Cheers. for all you do. Uh, Appreciate it. Yeah. I'm over here stressed Cheers, now because I'm trying to find another comments, man. Did you find it yet? Oh, we're coming. We're we're working through this. So officially, um, bluehelp.org um, is where we track all the law enforcement suicides that have been completed this year, and we're already at the number twenty. Um, that's what they're saying. Yeah, twenty. That's. Uh, I don't know what it is for firefighters if somebody can. Uh, well, I can't see comments yet either. So um, somebody can send it to us. We can put that up there as well. Right. Right. And uh, this year we look forward to having um, our relationships back with um, the the fire crew um, and, and to continue to grow Survive First, what that looks like. We have a lot of great things. I wish we had Karen here to just go through everything that was coming up. But so we're going to have to wing it this show. But the whole premise of the show today is about you. And when I say about you, you, the listener, you, Doug Monda, because you have not only started this journey, um, but you took some time to get yourself better and um, went through a major surgery that has come out. You've come out on top of that. I mean, you're sitting here. I, I remember one of your worries was you weren't going to be able to walk again. And that's no, what they always yeah. tell you, you know, and then then you talk about using the walker and using the wheelchair. And then there was like this amazing day just about 10 days after the surgery where you woke up and you said, I don't feel the same. Yeah, I woke up one morning, man, and it, yeah, no wheelchair this time. Um, I had a different attitude going into it. Yeah. Um, you know, I prepared myself. Um, I went back to my old days and just found, uh, you know, what drove me all these years. And uh, first few days, I, th uh, I think when you came, I couldn't feel my legs. Yeah. And that's a pretty freaking scary feeling, especially... Uh, you know, I, I, for anybody, but as an, even as an athlete, man, I was like, holy, you know, I'm looking around the room right. going, hey, man, you know, I can't feel my legs. He goes, don't worry, it'll come back. I'm like, hey, man, you kiss my ass, dude. I can't <laughs> right, feel my legs right, right. for a couple of days. And then, you know, it, uh, one day, about three days later, it eased up. And then I woke up one morning, man, and it was gone. Gone. And I was in no pain and no pain med. I mean, I had some radical stuff done. You know what I mean? Right. I got a bunch of more bolts put in me. I'm probably in the mid upper twenties for screws and bolts and, uh, two more fusions. They reconstructed my SI joint, moved, made room for Serious. you know nerves. And, but, um, I feel pretty good. I'm excited. Um, you look good. You can actually see the relief in your face and, and just the, the smile coming out. I know it's, there's still the surgery site. But yeah, I just got my stitches out, you know, and, and I got, there's a couple issues. I fell the other day and kind of aggravated it. And, uh, but, um, probably why I should be walking with a cane or a walker, but you know, no big deal. But, um, no, I'm, I'm also, man, I'm, I've lost like 20 freaking pounds, man. It's just muscle. You muscle, know what I mean? Yeah. I don't carry a bunch yeah. on me, but, uh, just cause I've been, I've been laying on my butt you know, every day, all day long, but, uh, well, if the doctor's listening, he'll be happy that you're following his instructions instead of just jumping back in the pool or running or doing something. But no, yeah, I'm about 80% following the rules, which is big for me. Usually it's about 20%, right. but, um, you know, I, I did some house construction yesterday, which was dumb. I spent the rest of the day paying, making for, my it. paying for it, but, yep. uh, yeah, so, you know, I'm back, man. I'm actually getting ready to uh, start working again. I got a gig next week I got to speak at and um, quite a few stuff. Yeah, like if Karen was here, um, the, you know, we just, we did um, the, uh, just drew a blank. What was that thing we did, Paul? This, what was it called? Vieira CrossFit put on a fundraiser for us for, uh, for survive first and they did a competition it was really cool i'm not a crossfit guy right. and um i don't know much about it so i went and i stayed the whole time actually with uh dirty ore was there um you know um, doing their thing and uh they had the you know beer tent and everybody was competing there was a large crowd and 
usually when I pull up to an athletic scene, you know, I'm, right. I'm a big dog. Yeah. In my head, I am. Right. I'm old and retired, <laughs> but, but I'm like, you know, I'll go any athletic right. venue and I'm, I, you know, I feel pretty confident. And man, these people made me look like a punk. There was like women that had bigger arms and legs. And I mean, everybody was fit. And uh, it's contagious, right? It was remarkable, man. These guys do some pretty cool stuff. And uh, there was some cops there, OPD SWAT guy. I got had a nice conversation with him. Um, Todd and Tammy from NESO were there right. and uh, spent some time with them. And it was just really, really cool. Um, and it, it's amazing where we go to do this stuff. And they were like, hey, you know, we're sorry it wasn't a bigger event. I go, hey, I don't care about that. These are the events that open the doors for comfort for a conversation. Yeah. And lo and behold, man, I must have had a half a dozen conversations with people going, hey, I need help or, you know, some advice. Um, um, there was a mom there, lost her son to suicide and um, some cops there, some firefighters. So it was a great success um, that we were able to provide that um, and, and be part of that. You know what I mean? So, um, yeah, so we did that and now we're, uh, getting ready, uh, Valentine's day. Um, uh, they will be releasing the tickets for the first responder ball, but here's the thing. So at three, three, 400 people, it's going to sell out like that. Yeah, we, we, we have people already that are buying multiple tables and, and booking. And, um, so we got Sheriff John Mina. That's cool. He's going to be really cool. speaker. Yeah. You know, he's a big advocate um, he, for he, mental health. And he was he was there um, when uh, the Pulse nightclub happened. Yeah, he was, he was, was the, the police, police chief, chief for Orlando. Um, right. Now he's the sheriff for Orange County. And uh, I so I, I ran into him in Chicago at the International Chiefs Conference, and we uh, we spent a few minutes together. And uh, you know, I, I was talking to him about it, right. and, and he's on board, and because so cool. he's been there and done that, he's right. the real deal, man. Right, he right. didn't just get elected in there, and so he's always had my respect. And um, anyway, so he'll do it. Then Chris Fields, um, Chris, uh, as everybody know, he's you know mostly known um, through the industry for being the firefighter from the Oklahoma bombing. I know him; he's a personal friend of mine, so I'm super excited that he's coming. Yeah. Um, so we got somebody from uh, the fireside, somebody from law enforcement, and sorry for all the other first responders. We don't have anybody coming. We we need but, a, uh, a famous dispatcher, one of the voices that we hear but never see. You know, <laughs> yeah, and, and that's that would be cool. You know, maybe that dispatcher that's on cops. You know, they say what ten thirty nine. I got him at gunpoint. You know, the, whoever yeah, that dispatcher, or whatever is going on. I've got uh, I've got some favorites in my day. Right. Uh, I, I've got some favorites in my day. I I I. I always had a great relationship with our dispatchers and and i shouldn't have because i drove them freaking nuts you know, <laughs> right, they knew right. when i when i worked right. they were like oh crap here comes doug it's going to be a horrible day everybody make sure you're paying attention but um well you know what they say behind every great man there's a woman and for law enforcement officers especially of, that are males uh the majority of the time and and i don't know why it happens but a lot of the dispatchers are females and i don't want to take away from any male dispatchers because the ones that i've interacted with have been really well um but it just seems like you know the ones that really stand out are the females and they have that mind to separate organize and keep us safe you know on the other end of the radio and you know i i love it when i when i hear that calming voice come over the radio and say wait a second where's everybody at what are you doing we need to know where you're at and how to keep you safe. And so if you don't, when you have to walk up to dispatch, so for us, we don't have like a central dispatch located uh, offsite. Ours is actually inside the building and you have to go on a dispatch every once in a while and they will make you feel about less than an inch big if you've been doing the wrong thing. So, um, you know, some of my favorites probably one of my favorites couldn't get up in front of people and talk without offending the room. Um, but she's real. She's gnarly and we love her. So um, dispatchers really make a difference in, um, in all the things that they do um, and all the lives that they affect over the radio, the law enforcement, the firefighters, all the first responders. Um, over the last couple of weeks, you know, I've taken time to fill my cup and find out what really matters. And I've got to see a bunch of different um, businesses or job types that 
actually work closely with law enforcement um, that that I I think, wow, their burden is just as big as ours sometimes. You know, they might not be out there um, on the front lines running and gunning, but the residual of what we do, um, they're affected. And it hits them uh, just as hard, and they take it home, and they have to deal with it. And, and what I'm really seeing is uh, this conversation um, of survived, you know, surviving life is really what we're talking about here. And you have to fill your cup and nobody's going to do it for you. And that's hard sometimes, you know, um, I like to um, just always stick to the positive. And, and I hear people talking about all the negative and, and I, I try to say, wait a second, what's the positive? What's the silver lining in that? You know, having a major surgery, that's that's really tough. It could put you right back into the depths of a place that you don't want to be. But when you woke up that day and you're like, man, I feel great. That was refreshing to me. That was like, you know, helped to fill my cup because I know that even taking that gamble, that was a huge positive to not have that same agonizing pain that just sticks with you every single day. And then you spoke about it and it was like, man, that feel, that, that makes me feel good. And so my conclusion to that, that whole thing is, is having your partner that you can talk to um, and those little things, like you don't know, like when you say something, how good it makes me feel. And then the outcome and the bigger picture of everything, that's what really fills our cup. Sticking together, you don't have to do any of this alone. You, as the listener, you, wherever you're at, don't be alone. And, and it's hard, okay, so I do understand. I don't always like to be around people. In fact, the, like I have a very small group of friends those friends, those uh, people that in, in a lot of them are uh, law enforcement officers, and, and they can be hard to uh, be around a lot of the time, um, but they are safe and they want the best for you. And hopefully in turn, you want the best for them. So, you know, taking that away, just your conversation of, um, man, I feel better today. My mind is right. It's nice to have this release. I mean, share that. Yeah, and, and it, it's hard. It is hard. It, it was really hard because I'm reliving a nightmare. Right. You know, most people don't know this, but uh, the, the one of the main reasons why, you know, I had my suicide attempt was from the back. Right. And, you know, I watched my entire life, you know, uh, leave me. And, um, you know, my athletic career go down the tubes. And, you know, it was just the start of a catalyst. So, you know, there's almost kind of, you know, and I hate to use the word like that, but there's almost a PTSD effect coming back right, because right. here I am again, like today, you know, and I'm, I spend six hours on a couch, you know, on a chair and, you know, I can't do it. I'm reliving it um, all over again. It's been difficult. I'm right. sure, you know, I haven't been a pleasure to be around and because I just want to go. I want right. to get out and I want to go and I, I want to do these things. And I just I have a hard time accepting that. I'm full of metal and I just can't do that no more. So it's a difficult, uh, it's a difficult thing. So, which brings me, so one of the thing, uh, the main thing that I wanted to talk about tonight, um, and I, and I apologize cause you and I communicate so much together, but right. we haven't cause right. you've been busy and I've been busy, but, um, is, uh, identifying your, for lack of better terms, your PTSD or your depression or any type of stuff like that in your environment yes. and decide and, and being able to decipher the two. So here's, here's what we got going on. So as a first responder, which this show is about, but it can go to anybody. It can be as, it could be as much as, um, your wife being a nurse right. or, um, you know, there's even cops that have multiple jobs. Yes. Absolutely. You, a lot you, of cops, a lot of cops multiple, have multiple yeah. jobs, so they've got to go back and forth. Right. And, and, you know, even cops that transition into, so I was talking to Tammy Buer this weekend. Right. And so she left law enforcement. She was an, it was an honor to work with her right, and have right. her around all these years. And she transitioned into a different side. You know, she's kind of doing the same thing. I don't right. want to say where, but she's not wearing a, a cop uniform and, right. you know, and doing all that type of stuff. Just the, in, it, the amount of stress, no matter where you're at is what I'm getting at. Right. right. And, you know, like for Karen, I, I could never do her job. 
Yeah, you, you know, so she deals yeah. with a bunch of kids who are disabled, and then she comes home and deals with a disabled guy <laughs> right. who, who's disabled, right. makes those kids probably look like, right. um, you know, yeah, <laughs> angels. So identifying it. So here's what we're dealing with now. And, it, and this hit me the other day. So we've got, you know, you're, you, you've, you've got your nightmare career. I don't right. care what you're doing. If you're a ticket writer or you're, you know, you're a heavy hitter, you, you, you've got your job. Our entire surroundings are nightmares. You can't turn on any device. You put your TV on and all you see is a nightmare political arena. It's embarrassing. I don't give a shit if you're on the red side or the blue side, left, right, middle. It is a nightmare. It's embarrassing. We're a disgrace as a a nation when it comes to the political crap. Social media is is a is a disaster because most people the only thing they put on social media is look where I'm at, look who I'm with, look what I'm doing, right? And right. so it upsets other people that right. aren't going through it. You're you you've got cops being killed every day. You have war going on. It, it even in the town of Cocoa Beach where I live at, it's a freaking disaster. The politicians in the town, the construction, the crap that people do, you can't go nowhere. Right. You can't go nowhere. Right. You can't do nothing. Um, it, it's it, it's just a lot. So how do you decipher and how do you deal with what? So as as us as as first responders, you 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 carry all this luggage and you carry this whole nightmare that you, you you're dealing with at work. Well, even if you retire. Right. 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 And even if you're you've moved on, you're you you own that stuff. It's it's always going to be there. It's always going to stick with you. And then you move and then you move into something else. No matter what you do, you're always going to have that package. And then you've got the families and the and the the stuff we just talked about. How do you how do you separate the two? How do you put this aside? How do you put that aside? How do you do it? That is the big picture, because. One of the problems that we're having, especially in our industry, is most cops are alcoholics. Right. 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 As some people title them. You know, I got to give it to cops, man. Like, I I work with a lot of heavy hitters, a lot of partiers, or I did. But they have the ability to put it down and to go do their job and stuff like that. But they, they, that's just a inclement thing in their in their life right right to, to deal they're dealing with that stress they're dealing with that package you know what direction do they go where do they you know what other avenues do they have so we try to build these programs we try to bring them up we try to we i'm trying i can't what's uh the last one say Take, Take time, time for, for yourself. yourself so that's that's chris by the way so that he's just got his little code name hingle McCringleberry out there, funniest dude in the world. I love Chris. So, you know, take time for yourself. Yeah, ideally that's a great thing, but here's an issue. So I had a phone, I had a conversation with a cop before I came here and he, he's doing that, but here's the problem. He's got financial issues. He's trying to get help. His insurance sucks. He can't afford his co-pays, right? Right. Um, Most of the guys in this area have crappy insurance. Yep. And um, and he he has no avenue to go. Right. He 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 can't go ride his motorcycle. He can't go do this. He can't go there because he doesn't have the money. Because he's you know in the most law enforcement officers, unless you're married to a doctor or you know somebody who makes that's very few of us. Yeah, there's right. very few. Um, you're you're in that rut. Right. So how do you take that direction? What do you do? What are some of the things that um, people? people can do what what are some of the things that first responders and then you got to think we're talking about first responders but like me i come home to karen and she she's got to deal with me right crystal's got to deal with you as they're dealing with their own so when you make time for yourself you know sometimes that's not the answer right so there's a fine line between deciding hey which way what are we going to do what kind of programs can we offer what kind of advice can we give? That is the topic. How do you identify what are your worst things? What, what direction do I need to go? What tools do I need? Maybe what kind of, uh, you know, th- therapy, counseling, what's going to work the best for each individual? That's one of the problems we have in our, in this industry now is there's, 
PTSD, suicide awareness, all this uh, other titles, peer support, it's the big movement in law enforcement right, nationally. Right, right. And the problem we have now is everybody sees a dollar sign attached to it. You got cops trying to make money. You know, you got people coming to town and, hey, come to this conference and we're going to do this, that, and the other. And it's crap. Where's, you know, it's crap. Right. And so it, it, it's, there's a fine line between where, what tools can be offered, what can be done. And because if it's not done right, you have 20 suicides already within the month of, you know, it's already February. We have 20 suicides Absolutely. Uh, last year, 225, I think was the official number, if I remember correctly. So what's your thoughts on that? I, I actually, um, and, and you know, honestly, if, if you want to answer, you, you could follow Doug around. I mean, you better pack your bags because it's going to, it's going to be a lot of work. However, um, just by being around, I've taken away a lot of things that actually work because people ask questions. Hey, you talked about um, this video where uh, I can get help by watching or, or talking to a psychologist, psychiatrist through like a, an app on my phone. Tell me more about that. And what that says to me is that people, they still don't want to veer out, but the most successful way to help them is to let them be at home in their comfort space and to talk about what's going on in their lives. I get more questions about that everywhere we go. Um, every day, you know, someone's saying, Hey, can what, give me some more information. Give me some more information. So using that technology to keep somebody safe at home where they're comfortable, um, or they can take it on the road for them, go out and sit in the garden or go to the beach and do their, their, uh, their session, whatever that place looks like that keeps them calm and really helps them to have a breakthrough. That's the important stuff. I, I love when you go and you talk to place, uh, to different organizations and you, you know, you have police chiefs available and they're listening and you say for you, it's free. There's no cost to help somebody, especially when it comes to a police department or a fire department right here in Florida. The, you know, the, the cost that that's associated with what you're doing is, just get me out there. I need some help to get out there, but we're going to provide help to your people and we're going to get them. That's let us do the fundraising. Let us do the help. Don't, but just like with every social service, everybody has their hands out and it drives me nuts because there's no one go-to place. And I'm going to throw this out here and it's probably wrong of me to say, but you don't want the government in your life. These government agencies that are going to make decisions for you and determine who provides whatever, I don't believe in bringing the government and being a government employee, being a law enforcement officer. Um, and, and I've said that at, you know, people's houses, going to a call, responding to a call. You don't want to say your business. You want to, you want to take care and find the ways and the manners in which to help yourself without having the government coming in and knowing everything about you and then dictating who takes your kids where when you're ever going to be able to see your kids who who can provide you with medical care through insurance and everything else that's kind of a big deal well that's what they're they're going to try to they're going to you know they're going to regulate you know in law enforcement um which is which it obviously sucks and right. i think you you heard me at the florida chiefs conference when i spoke i just noticed did you ever get to work with rob parker at the state attorney's office, yes. he's watching. Yes, my favorite. Absolutely, he I talked actually, to him actually right, but right the, like a week after he retired, and was so refreshing. He was the one guy that, if he didn't like what you did, he told you and took the time to teach me, yeah. especially me, because yeah. I probably sent him so much crap. He was probably like, "Oh my God, Doug, what the <laughs> hell is this?" But anyway, Rob, if you're watching, man, I, I miss you, man. It's an honor to have you around. But one of the things, what I was getting at was. What I said to the police chiefs is we don't need a million entities. And, and I preach this all the time, man. We're, you know, for firefighters, they don't need anybody. They right. know what they're doing. They can fix their problems. Listen, if a place is on fire, if the firefighters can't put it out, who do you call? Nobody. Nobody. The buck stops with yeah. them, right? Yeah. Um, all the guys we worked with on our SWAT team, the firefighters, right. Brian, GC, I mean, those guys were top notch, man. Without right. hesitation, I never doubted anything they said. They were on their game. It goes the same for law enforcement. With law enforcement, 
And I tell everybody, we fix everybody's problem from getting your sorry ass kid out of bed right. to go to school bebop yep. and all the way up to a guy that's got a barricaded suspect. Right. 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 So we're trained. We're, we're, we're the guy. Hey, Zach. And we don't need anybody else. We don't need all this. I, I, I go to these conferences and and you, 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 we big ones. I'm getting ready big to go to one in Miami, and I look at who what the what the menu is, and it's a bunch of doctors. And no no cops. I look around the audience, but they're not paying attention. They don't want to hear it. They right. don't want to do that. We can avoid a lot of that stuff if we focus on ourselves. Big the 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 biggest thing we can do is to be there for each other and take care of each other. Because we spend our entire life, I preach this all the time, it's probably the 20 time I've said it on this show, but we spend so much time sacrificing our lives for people we don't even know. Right. Like, but we don't do it enough for the guys we do know and the guys we work. Right. And that's one of the things that, you know, on top it needs to start in a department, but it needs to be first in your home, Yes. And second in your career. And, you know, you heard me say um, at the event, um, hey, listen, if if one of your guys is 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 getting his ass kicked out in the street and he's hit the alert button, he's screaming for help on the radio. Everybody comes running. Yeah. They, you, even other agencies. Absolutely. Especially where we work between Rockledge, the SO, state troopers, whatever. Everybody came running. Right. Why don't we do that when somebody's at home getting their ass kicked? And, and I've even noticed, even in with the Survive First fundraisers, 90% of the people that show up to these events and show up to fundraisers and things, they're not cops or firefighters. They're civilians. Right. They're residents. Right. And it's like, look at the 5K. Yeah. It's amazing that that many people support us. It's really nice to see that because we're not used to that. Right. And it's sad that cops and firefighters don't show up. It's a, it's a hard conversation to have to say, hey, look at me. <clears throat> I'm screwed up. Listen, you're, you're not keeping a secret that none of us don't already know. You, you spend a little bit of time in this job, and there's some things that have an adverse effect on people. It's not normal to watch somebody die. It's not normal to walk into a decaying body. It's not normal to have to perform CPR on a child that's dying and then to take that home. Like that, that that child didn't make it. I've, I've just witnessed this in my house um, just recently. It's not easy, right? Not my child didn't pass away, but a child passed away that and, <clears throat> you know, it, it has a, an adverse effect on all of the the nurses and doctors and everybody else. It is not normal to go through anything of that any of that. We have the most elite military forces in the world because we train people to kill the best because there's a whole psychological profile of everything that they have to do to train somebody to kill somebody. And it really takes, it looks a lot like killing a real person when you shoot a target. That's why they're all shaped like humans because you're building, you're changing what's not normal. And it's not normal to deal with all of this hate and anger and animosity and destruction and death that is not normal for anybody so hey you're a law enforcement officer you're a first responder you're a dispatcher taking a call of someone that's getting killed you are a first receiver all of these we know we know that you've been through some crap we know that it's not normal and there's not a lot of people to talk to it about you talk about it with no no definitely definitely not um it's funny you talk about the you know training yourself and and doing that. that's a radical event and and look at look at what people are going through now and I say this all the time even firefighters man they got to wear a freaking bulletproof vest now yeah. on their on their trucks I mean what the hell is wrong with this country and, and mainly to go to big gnarly calls where multiple not just one person is hurt or shot or whatever where multiple you know I mean you're talking you know some of the biggest um, terrorist events domestic terrorist events are where 20 30 40 i mean can you imagine going into that carnage and then having to deal with it listen if you go to one call where one person has died it's not it's not easy it's not just oh that well you know it's all butterflies and rainbows today you still have to process that so surround yourself with like-minded people 
come out to events with like-minded people because we know you're broken. We know that there's some things that are unsettling and that you might not have the words, but the fellowship of that, and I think that's really one of the places that you're going is that, you know, when we come together and you're around people that are just like you or very similar to you, then you can get over the hurdles that you have. Some of the, one, one of the conversations that sticks out mostly in my mind is from a dispatcher. And she said, Chris, I heard this person over and over again for weeks because they were actively being hurt. And I can't get that out of my mind. I mean, think about it. They sit at a desk with headphones on, similar to what we have here, and a microphone and it's weird when you have surround sound going into your head and you're hearing all the gnarly things happening at a location in or around the place where you work. Like that's that's hard to swallow. At the end of the day, you know, she listened to somebody go through something that is not normal. And yeah, I feel so and, and and to process that. So you don't want to be with anybody. You want to be by yourself. You don't want to come to these things, but how do you expect to get fed? How do you expect if you're dealing with something and you don't know how to process it, if you're not willing to let your guard down to someone that you're close with at the end of the day, at the end of the day, we can't get any better. No. And, and you know, the best thing you can, you got to start somewhere obviously. Right. Little, and uh, we've yeah. had that conversation, you know, it's kind of neat you know, that the firefighters get when they're done with something bad, they can go back to the house and, and kind of regroup and, and chat and talk about it. And then, you know, for, for us, sometimes if we don't have a debrief, you know, there, there's right. a difference there, but I will tell you, man, one of, uh, one of the, it, you, you know, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm not a touchy feely kind of guy. I don't like people touching me. I, you know, I'm, I'd much rather punch somebody <laughs> than <laughs> have somebody, right? Yeah. But I'll tell you, man, that in, in this day and age, man, every time, I don't care where it is, you know, I was like, I just, re, you know, we, we walked over, walked the dog over the fire station. I seen Brian side him and his wife and, you know, the guys there, right. and, you know, and it was kind of nice. It just makes me feel good. And, and every time I, I run into one of the guys, even you, every, as close as we are and as much we see, every time I see you, we hug each other, Absolutely. tell each other we love them. It, it's a big deal. Oh, it's 100%. just that little bit that's a big it's a big deal and that's a start man and it doesn't matter i tell the guys all the time um you know is, is that adam on the bottom there because uh, i can't really i can't really see everything so far yes. away but yep. you know um you, those li just those little type of things i always tell everybody a random act of kindness saved my life if it wasn't yeah. for jt that second time smiling at me i wouldn't be here he was, he was ready to fight with you yeah. And, you know, it's important. So we have to start. I mean, and I tell everybody when I teach classes, man, um, hey, every week and this is what I do every every week. I pick five guys. Right. I, p I pick five guys and I should pick more. You know what I mean? Because I'm bad. I'll, I'll pick five guys a week or girls, whatever is in the mix and and say, hey, you know, how you doing? Just checking on you. Right. And it helps me and it helps them. It, it's nice to get just a random call and say, how you doing? I usually do it when I would go home from work. Right. Now it's a little different for me because I do whatever I want. So throughout the day, I call random people. Hey, just checking on you. You know, I'll go right. through my contacts. That's a start. Hey, Debbie, I love you too, man. I miss her. Um, you know, just that little bit. And it doesn't matter who you are, what you are. I mean, we do it, uh, look at Bobby Rama, man. I get to see all these faces on this screen over here. You know, he, Bobby's, he's original SWAT guy. I'm one of my boys, man. I miss him as well. But that's a start. Right. Just to do it. Just, hey, listen, man, pick five guys a week. Five, I say guys, you know, people, five guys and girls. Um, it's a little easier for me because I'm around cops all the time, you know, traveling. But I tell everybody, pick if I say at least five, because listen, man, you, there's no excuse because everybody's got that phone. If it ain't up your ass, it's in your ear, right? right I mean, right, God forbid you see anybody without a phone in their freaking hand. Take five seconds. Even if you, you can't call, um, text somebody, 
You know what I mean? Text them and go, hey, buddy, just thinking about you. How you doing? You'd be surprised what that can do. At least open the door for somebody to say, because, you know, we're notorious for not asking for anybody's help. We're notorious for not calling and saying, hey, you know, can you come over and sit with me or come over and help? And um, but so that's why we've got to let it be known and, and take that shield off and be a little bit softer and say, hey, man, how you doing? Is there anything I can do for you? And mean it. You know what I mean? Not like the random phone call, like when my mom calls right. and goes, hey, how you doing? <laughs> oh, I'm fine. Because yeah, I really just don't <laughs> right, want to have right. that 45 conversation. Right. But do it and mean it, uh, which is which is important. That, that helps you reconnect, too. Get that with message. Or, never mind, it went away. <clears throat> it, um, it definitely helps you reconnect with with someone that you really cared about, if you're willing to take just a couple minutes out of your day to make a phone call, that means you thought about that person at some time. You you took the time to get their number, but follow up with them. How hard is it to just go through your contacts? You know, I, we ask that you go through your contacts right now and say, hey, everybody, you know, let's go on Survive First and watch live as these two goons talk about, you know, whatever the hell we talk about. But yeah absolutely this is him getting older (laughs) but um it's important it's important to find the ways to fill your cup and let that guard down i I had the privilege of walking in on a a roll call um just a couple months ago and one of the seasoned sergeants older guy um, a lot of life experience under his belt he was telling his new officers that were just out on solo patrol you have to have somebody it doesn't necessarily need to be law enforcement, but somebody that you can call, someone that you can connect with, not maybe someone that you're sleeping with, but definitely someone that when the shit hits the fan, when the most gnarly call happens, when you're in a shooting, whatever that looks like, then you got to have to, you, you got to have someone. That, yeah, I know, I know. Chris goes, nice fanny bag, man. I wish it was a fanny bag. I'd have a gun in it. <laughs> right. Anyway, he, he's sorry, definitely Chris. sporting his knife right there beside it. Yeah, though. I got weapons on oh, me. Don't kid okay. yourself. He'll cut you real quick. My back might be broke, but see that little muscle in that finger? That bitch still works. Pew, I can pew, still pull pew, that pew. sniper rifle. So um, it's important to have somebody. And, and he was not only telling, reiterating that to his senior officers, but he was telling the secret to the new new generation of officers which is you can't be alone when you do this job not out on the call but when you go home at the end of the day you can't be alone who wants to do this life alone because all the people that i know that choose to be alone they don't survive no i've been there and and done that i want to tell you two quick stories sure um two things so a couple weeks ago I, I, I get home from the hospital. I'm dying. You you saw me. I, I couldn't even, I didn't even have the strength or the effort to pick up the phone, right? Right. So my buddy Chris calls. He's in Virginia. So the girl who got killed in Virginia, and Chris, I, I don't, I don't, I can't pick up her name. But most people saw it on the internet. She was right. the girl that got hit, put drug across the hood of the car. And, right. And they, they, these dirtbag piece of shits killed her. And so... That's Chris's, uh, his department, his area. Right. So Chris is the type of guy like me. We work together, travels every week, helping cops. He was doing the debriefing for the shootings in New Jersey. He was doing all this stuff. And then this happens to him. And so now he's dealing with this. And this is a guy who's getting his ass handed to him. What's the name say? Katie. Katie. Katie Thine. Katie Thine, right? Beautiful woman, beautiful mom, right. kids, the whole nine yards, right? So I'm sitting there and I, I'm thinking about it. Broke my heart. I'm like, pick the phone up and freaking call him. I, I'm not dying, right? right? Right. And I took everything I had, but I called him up and I was like, hey, man, how the hell are you doing? I mean, you're getting your freaking ass handed to you. What can I do for you or whatever? And you know what? Like a champ. He's like, I got this. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. And, but it, it's still, you, you got to have somebody, right? And, um, then, um, so here, here's a radical story. So it's a couple, uh, maybe a month ago or so I'm in bed. It's 1230 at night. I'm used to getting called like you are right, all right. night long. No big deal. But usually when somebody calls you in the middle of the night, it's like, okay, crap, what happened? That's serious. Pick up the phone. I can't really hear. Um, and it's a cop from Montana. And he, he calls me up 
and he's sitting on a curb with a gun in his mouth. I think it was Montana. And his wife, so he was with his wife. He's sitting on a curb out in the road. He's got a gun in his mouth. His wife finds my number and says, call this guy. He's, he's been there and done that. You need to talk to him. And it's probably one of the most horrific freaking phone calls I've had in a, in a long time. I right. deal with a lot of suicidal first responders, but this dude, like she told me, he, he, right. he's sitting there with it, you know? And so at that point, it's like, hey, man, what the hell do you say? And you see me before I speak. I'm right. usually right, right. like, I'm freaking out because uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I take this so serious. So I'm praying to God, like, please give me the magic words. I don't want this guy to die on me. He doesn't deserve this, right? Right. So we started chatting. We must have been on the phone. It felt like two hours. At the end of the conversation, we were laughing. He was a SWAT guy. Right. We were telling him war stories right, and laughing right. and talking shop. And he said, thank you, man. I just needed somebody to talk to. I didn't know that I, I didn't know there was anybody out there I could talk to. The moral of the story is, and he's doing, he's doing good. That's Every great. once in a while we, we text hear. back and forth. I got him, I uh, got him on the plan. But the moral of the story is why in the hell does a cop have to feel like I didn't know I had somebody I could talk to? Right. You know, because it must be his environment, his in, in, where he's at in his environment. I, I mean, I'm thinking right. it's probably out right. in the middle of nowhere, right? I'm, I'm, I don't, I'm not familiar with Montana, but it doesn't appear that there's any major metropolises and big departments out there. But it's a crying shame that a guy or girl has to um, has to go through that yeah. that feeling of man, I don't have nobody to talk to, and I guarantee you whether you're a first responder or not, if you have 10 people in your family, nine out of the 10 people in your family or in your circle feel that way. Oh yeah, absolutely. Right. And yeah. that, that's ridiculous. And, and that's where we've, that's, that's where we're guilty of that because nowadays, you know, who sends Christmas cards anymore, right? right. As, as stupid right. as that, or who calls anybody anymore? Everybody thinks it's okay to go on Facebook and go happy birthday. And if I go on Facebook and do that, because I'm getting to the point now where I hate Facebook. I don't even like to go on it anymore. Right. I go on it for survive first. Happy birthday. Well, if I do that, then I go and I, I, I send it to them or I call them. Right. Because that's what our society's come to is a phone, is a text, and that's good enough. Right. Or you put it on social media and you think, oh, you know, that's how you're going to hear about it. And that, unfortunately, what Chris was telling me with, with this young girl was everybody starts putting it on Facebook, right? Right. And the poor family, you yeah. know, and all their friends and family, they don't even get a chance to tell them. So anyway, what I'm getting at is cut it out. Disconnect. Call, yeah. Disconnect from that crap. That's the best thing that Karen and I always say every summer when we go to Africa is the disconnection. Because there's yeah. no phones. Or the only thing you're doing out there is praying to God the line don't freaking jump in the hey, truck. And the, the gun's you. loaded when right. it's time and, to and go. The, and the dude driving the truck don't miss. <laughs> it's but, competent enough, right? You know, disconnect. And, and instead of sending somebody a text, if you have to call them, hey, Matt, um, pick up the phone and call them and talk to them. And, um, and, and be more personable. Because, it, it, listen, it, we're all notorious for this. It, it doesn't happen until it happens to you. Right. Right? Right. And, and everybody's been through a nightmare. And, it, you know, and my buddy the other day is like, oh, man, you know, so-and-so died. And so, and I said, hey, you need to get used to it because you're getting to the age now where people in your life are going to start leaving. Yeah. And so take that time. And I'm guilty of it too. I, I, I don't barely ever, I barely ever call anybody in my family because I'm so busy that when I'm not on the phone, I don't want to be on the phone. Right. You know, I try to do my best and call my brother, um, you know, as, as, as much as I can. I'm horrible. I don't talk to my sister, or my mom barely, but, you know, for whatever reason, it's easier for me to talk to him. But you know? You know, there, there's a lot of people that are just like us. I mean, I'm going through something very similar. I lost uh, two people last week um, that, had a had a large impact in my life two wonderful ladies they lived a very long life um and it was time for them to go however it's still sad right and it's it's actually um i always say it's refreshing to know that i can feel sadness because you go to so many calls where 
I'm disconnected. I, I don't associate. I don't know that life that was lost. So it, what does it mean to me? It's refreshing to feel that, like almost like a cutter, like uh, teenage kids that decide to cut themselves. They do it. Um, they, they say that they do it to feel that pain and it feels that hurt feels good. Right. And um, so we're not alone. And the I just totally lost my train of thought because I was you know thinking about that. Um, and then my father, like um, my, my mother and father. Freaking Chris, I'm trying to be serious <laughs> on here and do a serious show, and he's trying to make me laugh. My what is he called? Ab, Ab blaster. blaster. Yeah, I got abs, buddy. You know that. So you laugh and hey, stretch. What's up, buddy? I see you on there. So, um, my my father, my my parents have been married for 50 years, and you know what? Everybody tells it is. It's awesome, and and I have a small group of friends that um, have played the course, stayed the course, where they've um, they're still married to their first spouse, which is awesome. And when we get together and you look in the room, it's like, wow, how do we do this? And it's a lot of people putting up with some bullshit. And, you know, at the end of the day saying that bullshit doesn't matter. I still love you. Um, but nobody, everybody talks about uh, what happily ever after looks like. You know, we read uh, princess stories to our kids and let them watch Disney movies. And there's always a great happy ending. But the truth and the honesty of all of it is now, now 50 years later. You know, they lived this great life and they raised these beautiful kids that each of them has turned out to be their own person and made their own little impact in little places in the world. But no one talks about, hey, your spouse is going to be 50 years older and their health isn't going to be great. And these things are going to happen. And this, I mean, to, to swallow watching your father deteriorate is not easy. Mm-mm. Maybe it would be easier if we conditioned ourselves. Like I, I took Addison um, two and a half years ago. Um, one of our neighbors had passed away from cancer. And um, she was also a teacher at the time. So I said, okay, Addison, I'm going to take you to the funeral. Because at nine years old, you are 10 years old. You need to experience what this looks like. God forbid that you go to a loved one's house, a grandparent, a parent, um, not house, but go to their funeral for the first, and that's the first piece of death that you deal with. I mean, that's devastating. That's absolutely devastating. So, um, I I don't want to condition my kids to death, but I want them to understand what that looks like. And that, yes, at the end of this wonderful relationship and at the end of this honeymoon, at the end of this, um, princess story, there's going to be death and it doesn't have to be dark and nasty and lonely. Like you can, you can stay with that person and, and work through it with them. Um, and hopefully, hopefully it works out the best for your final days. Listen, I, one of my friends, one of the first suicides I ever dealt with, he was a young man in his early twenties. And when we're standing in the church, one of the guys said, if he would have known how much everybody in this room in, in this church cared about him, he would have never done that. I believe it. But you know what we didn't do at the time is we didn't stop and say, hey, bro, I care about you. I love you. Like I for 2020. Here's the thing. If you see me or come across me, I quit shaking hands. I'm done shaking hands. I I hug people because there is nothing like that quick embrace to say, hey, the world's great right now for this quick moment. I care about you. Let your guard down. Take that hug. And it's uncomfortable. There's guys that were like, I'm not a hugger. Don't come, don't come near me. No, I'm not. I'm like, dude, I'm not going to shake your hand. I'm just not going to do it because how can I be sincere? There, there's nothing sincere about a handshake. I use these hands to text. I use them to go on social media and send a message. This, these phalanges are not, that's a big word, right? Are, I don't even I, know what I can't that even. is. That just, when you moved your fingers, I was like, that's uh, a phalange. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, they. I'm from I, Polk uh, County, man. I, I, I can tell you what citrus looks like. I don't, I can't tell you. Oranges. Else. Oranges. Uh, from the country. So, I mean, fingers, shaking hands is not personal. It's, it's kind. It can be sincere. But it's not personal. Get personal with people. Tell them who you are. You know, I I would ask each of you listening or that's going to listen or as you're talking to someone that you might have a personal conversation with or a personal relationship, challenge them. And here's your challenge. Over the next week, over the next two weeks, take out a piece of paper and a pen, turn the phone off, turn it on 
silent, turn it on airplane mode, whatever that looks like. Disconnect from the electronic world for just a moment and then write who you are, what you look like and what matters to you. Describe yourself to somebody that can't physically see you or hear you. All they could do was read from this paper and draw an image of yourself of who you really are. That worked for me. That helped to take me to a different place to where I could say, okay, wow, man, I, I really have all these flaws. Like I'm not perfect because we don't walk around with a mirror in front of our face. We don't watch ourselves get older. We don't see the gray hairs growing until, you know, months later when you're like, oh, where'd that gray hair come from? Like, I know it came from like my wife and kids, specifically my wife. I call them crystals. And that was the little plug to get her name in here because I, I think about her often but we're growing old together and I'm not looking in that mirror, seeing how old I'm getting. And then when I look back 15 years ago at our wedding pictures, I'm like, man, we were young. We were young. That's totally insane. So write who you are, describe that to a T. And then when you know who you are and what, what's broken about you, now we can move on. And in two weeks, I hope that we're coming back to this conversation of people engaging or sending us messages or giving us a phone call saying, hey, man, I can move on from here. I know how to move forward. And what does that look like? Tell us a story. Give us some motivation to pass along. I, my sister is uh, my youngest sister. Um, she's at a transition point in her life. And I keep telling her, hey, eventually you're going to have to tell your story because that story is going to matter to the lives that you go on to impact. And it's not an easy story. I mean, she's been through, you know, some some travels as a young person and made some mistakes and now she's gonna find herself back on a better side. But there's a lot to that. And when she decides to open up and start talking about, you know, I used to do this and here's why I don't, I'm seeing what my actions created on this end of it now we can move forward and the world can be better. My children can be better. All those things can be better. She starts to fill her own cup. We start to fill our own cup and we don't depend on social media. We don't depend on what the news has to say. I think m the majority of the violence and the hate and the animosity, whether it, for whatever reason that it's out there is because the more you get sucked into the news and social media, they put more bad stuff on there than oh, good that's stuff. all they put on there. Would you see my post today? I, yeah. I was flicking. Somebody sent me. Uh, it was a SWAT team hit a barricaded suspect, but they, they ended up going and shooting a guy. And oh, well, you know, as SWAT right. guys, hey, man, you shouldn't have pointed a gun at me. Right. But w I reposted it and I made a joke of it because they basically ripped the front of the house off. It was just desecrated. Right. And I thought, well, you know, and I tagged all the SWAT guys right. like, hey, man, you remember these days? Because it was fun, right? right you right. know, obviously it sucks for the people because they don't have a house anymore, but that's what they get for messing with us. Right. But. I lost my train of thought because I'm thinking about this. I, I, I'm <laughs> thinking of a particular house, house that would rip there, in front right. of the house. All those right. were fun days for me. Right. I saw a comment on there, and um, it was uh, from Ross talking about, no matter how big and bad you are, he it said, a hug can save someone's life or something like that. I couldn't really see it that well, but which is the, just the damn truth, man. Yeah. Um, and, and I say that all the, all the time. Yeah. I mean, it's important, man, you know. Um, don't poke the bear. Yeah, I'm sorry, buddy. I get so many comments. And, and I'm looking at as I'm watching. It's hard for me, but I can pretty much make out who they are. Um, tonight, you know, all the viewers, their names pop up. You know, guys that I've known. I'm just looking at a buddy of mine from 20, 30 years ago. We used to work together. We had a lot of fun. He was. I tell everybody the story of when I got my tooth knocked out of my mouth. That's the dude there, Kevin. He Remember, Kevin, you, uh, we were out drinking. He knocked, hit my beer bottle, knocked my tooth out. Oh. But anyway... Um, all these names that are coming up on the screen, every one of them I know from the career and the job, and they're all outstanding people with outstanding backgrounds. And I just think, you know, they, they, we could just do a better job right. of reaching out to each other, taking better care of each other, letting, hey, man, how you doing? Is there anything I can do for you? That's a, it. It's a simple start. Right. It's a start that we can do it. And I, you know, and I encourage everybody, man, to at least make an effort 
and and your family too i mean it's hard to you know to mix work and family as as a first responder stuff like that and i'm guilty of it because i'm just really not that i'm not that good at home thank god karen's in the house because i probably would the house would be burned down everybody probably be (laughs) uh, executed including the cats and right and all that other stuff she's good at doing that but um i guess i'm better at doing doing this type of stuff for right now so i encourage everybody i think we're running out of time um I'm grateful to be here grateful to be back here thanks for everybody for tuning in so everybody so the thing for this week make them phone calls send the text as much as i'd much rather you um, call somebody and send a text um you know i know everybody's busy but do that unplug put the social media down and start taking care of each other because you never know when you wake up and somebody's going to be gone man a lot of people are, are are leaving you know there was big thing you know what's his name the basketball player everybody's freaking out because you know hey man that yeah i get it man right but until it happens to you and take it from somebody like me um you know who's who's without a son this is the most tragic thing i I, so jay dobbins is a buddy of mine i did i was on his podcast show last night and that was one of the things i talked about why i do what i do because I live because of this sickness and all the stuff that I went through, man, I live without one of my sons. Yeah. And it's the most tragic thing that anybody would ever experience in their life. It's one thing to lose a mom and dad, but to lose your own kid, you know, at three and a half years now, man. So that's not the way it's supposed to go. So, um, I'm glad to be back, man. I'm glad to be in the room with you. I'm glad to be standing on my own two feet and I can feel them. And, uh, you know, hopefully Karen will be back with us the next time. And, uh, what else we got to talk about? That's it. Wrap it up. You want to wrap it up? That's your thing, man. Well, I'm just, I, I'm just gonna I, I can up. wrap it up. I can add my own little, you know, breath. But I, I don't want to take away from anything that you just said. I just like to add to reach out, contact someone, tell them you love them. It never hurts. Give a hug the next time you see someone, especially when it's uncomfortable. Make sure you make that hug. You matter. At the end of the day, you got to fill your cup. If someone else isn't doing it for you, if something else isn't doing it for you, you fill your cup. Find out what that looks like. Write about yourself. Learn about yourself. It's never too late. I always learn new things about myself. That's important. We hope that you continue to follow us along, like and share. As much as we we have a hard time with Facebook, this is a way to connect with you. Send us a message, a text message, an email, whatever that looks like. Doug at survivefirst.us. Chris at survivefirst. Karen at survivefirst. Paul, we're so thankful for the Dirty Ore. Jesse, we love the new studio. And we will see you in just a couple weeks. Two weeks? Be safe. Yeah, man. And we're out.